0: You. Once again, for tuning into the podcast today, this is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. We certainly thank you for each of you that listen. We apologize for the delay in today's podcast, and uh, we have many reasons why that we are delayed, but we apologize to you. But we're getting this out there about five hours later than we normally do. And uh, we're reading Psalm 142 today. We thank the Lord for the meetings we had last night here at the Black Creek Baptist Church, how the Lord helped us, the Lord blessed in the services and pray for us tonight. If you're in the area, but love for you to attend, love for you to be a part of the services, the Lord's been good to us, and we're dealing with the flesh, and dealing with the book of Galatians concerning the flesh. I hope it's a help to those that are in the services. I hope it's a help and a blessing. I know there's some watching online. I hope it's a help to them. As we look at the Word of God today, I'm reminded again of the goodness of God in young David's life. This is when, of course, David is uh, praying, in this particular case, is a of David. It's a prayer of David. And when he was in the cave, and we look at David's young life, and we look how God brought him from where he was to where he is. And uh, and it's a marvelous thing. Is David now, at this point in his life, has never really had a great victory other than slaying, of course, the giant. And now we knew he slew the bear. We knew he slew the lion. I realize there's some spiritual application there. And then he did slay Goliath in the field. But that was the great event of his life. That was the catalyst uh, that men said Saul threw his slew his thousands, David his tens of thousands. And so in this case, now David's still a young man. He's still a youth. He's not yet king. He was crowned when he was 30 years old. So he's not yet king. We know he's younger than that. He's fleeing from Saul. Saul, the king, wants to take his life. David now is on the run. He has some folks with him. All the poor and the beleaguered and the downtrodden and those poor in spirit have come to him where he is. He goes into Gath. He feigns himself to be mad. And, of course, the king of Gath doesn't want him there, so he sends him away. David goes into the cave. Now, this is before he ascends and goes up Mount Olivet and then comes down the mountain, which, again, he prophesied on the mountain. He prophesied coming down the mountain. And then, of course, he prophesied when he finally went to where Saul was in the cave, and Saul made peace with David, and David prophesied about that in Psalm 18. And so here at this point, David is just beginning his journey on his run from Saul and from hiding from Saul, but he's in the cave. And the Bible doesn't say much about it. He simply went to the cave. And there as he's in the cave. God reveals himself to David. That's what Psalm 142 is. This is a time when God is showing David some things, and God is ministering to David, and God is beginning to form the rest of David's life, again, long before he's king. And it's the things when you're a young convert, a young saint of God, it's those things that God's going to bring you through they are going to shape the rest of your life. It's those things that God's going to do with you they are going to form the rest of your life. It's why the older saints of God are unshakable. It's why the older saints of God are unmovable. They're not soon shaken. And because the things they go through in their young Christian life are the things that later on become their strength. And that's what David's happening. That's what's happening with David. That's what God is doing with David here. And so I cried unto the Lord with my voice, verse 1. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. And many times David starts with that. Why? Because he's crying out to God. He's crying out for help. He's crying out for mercy. He's crying out for deliverance. His soul is crying out. Oftentimes, we've talked here on this podcast, he is prophesying, he is speaking in in the Spirit of Christ, he is speaking by the Spirit of Christ, that's why it's first person, but here he's, he cries in the Lord with my voice, makes my voice in the Lord I make my supplication, then he says, I poured out my complaint before him, I showed before him my trouble. Now, again, is this messianic? Could it be messianic? Absolutely, it could. It fits the pattern we've established on these podcasts. It fits the pattern of uh, Jesus Christ crying to the Father, pouring out his complaint, pouring out the troubles before him as men have oppressed him. Yet David went through that that he could prophesy. David went through those things that he also did cry out to God. Saul was oppressing him. Saul was on his trail. Saul was seeking to take his life. And then verse three, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. He's in the way where I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me? And we see another reference to that in our next psalm, which we'll deal with tomorrow, Lord willing. But in verse four, he says, Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me, my heart within me is desolate. And so it's in the same time of life that David writes that psalm, Psalm 143. And why? Because the spirit within him is overwhelmed. They knew us to pass. And so he gets to the place. He goes into Gath. He feigns himself to be mad. He comes out of Gath. His spirit is overwhelmed. And because of that, he says, I've walked. They've privately laid a snare for me. Those snares all throughout the word of God, all throughout the Psalms, all throughout the Messianic Psalms, why the wicked laid snares for Jesus Christ, the wicked laid snares for his soul. He said, I looked at my right hand to be held, but there was no man that would know me. And then in verse four, really convinces me of the Messianic value of this song. When he says, refuge failed me, no man cared for my soul. I believe David was in that place. Man didn't care for his soul, but yet there were those with David. There were those that David was attending to. Those There were those that David was ministering to. And one of the great things in ministry today, and it's been this way now for 2,000 years, is that man could cry, no man cared for my soul, yet the shepherd of the flock cares for so many others as part of the sacrifice of many, as part of that calling of God. And yet God gives strength, God gives faith to do that, God gives a man the ability to do that, where he himself may feel desolate, his spirit may be overwhelmed, he feels like no man cares for his soul, but yet the Lord cares for his soul, and yet he cares for the soul of so many, cares for the souls of so many people. It's one of the most underappreciated jobs in the world. How many people in the workplace, their boss, cares for their soul? How many uh, people out there wandering the streets and their friends care for their soul? How many people in business, their associates, care for their soul? How many athletes, the folks on their team, care for their soul? No man careth for my soul. But yet, in the day in which we live, there are very few men that will care for your soul. But I've learned this. The old songwriter said to Bessel, Charles Waggle, one of the marvelous songs of the faith, No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Glory to God. And it was my lowest point. Nobody ever cared for me like Jesus. And because he wasn't cared for and he learned to care for us and all thank the Lord that he does care for our soul. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. He is my dearest friend. He can be your dearest friend. That's why he's precious to those of us that believe. And by the way, for those of us that believe he is precious. Blessed be his holy name. And so he goes on and says, "I cried unto thee, O Lord." In verse five, I said, "Thou art my refuge and my portion." In the land of the living, there's our messianic value. There's our evidence. This psalm absolutely is speaking of Jesus Christ. So David goes into the cave and in his suffering and in his fleeing from Saul, God uses him again to pen down this beautiful psalm. It is speaking of Jesus Christ. And again, the evidence we know this Jesus Christ is he talks about that portion, the land of the living. Every time we see that in psalms, we know it's Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ was dead. He was not in the land of the living. He was dead. And yet God returned him to the land of the living. That's the resurrection; that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his holy one see corruption. Again, to tell you another place, it speaks of the pains of uh, of death got hold on him. And another place it speaks of this: none of the pains of death got hold on him, but he said that the sorrows of death encompassed him. And so, again, we see Jesus Christ. We see the resurrection. We will see that he will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Another place says, I will walk before the Lord in the light of the living. Isaiah 53 said he was cut off from the land of the living. Why? Because he died. And that's the evidence that Jesus Christ died. And we see that statement again. It shows us it's messianic. That is Jesus Christ. He died and resurrected. David never died and resurrected in this fashion. David never prophesied after he died. Therefore, he has to be speaking of someone else. He has to be speaking of Jesus Christ. He is that great prophet of God. He is speaking of that one which is to come, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, And so, again, he shows us the rule of of Psalms, the rule of Messianic Psalms, something we've established on this podcast. I do hope that you see Jesus Christ in that Psalm. Attend unto my cry. Lord, would you come to where I am? Would you meet me and then deal with me on this cry? What is attendance? Attendance brings comfort. Attendance brings relief. Attendance brings, uh, as a nursemaid would come and attend to that child. So also, that's the request that he makes of the Lord, that he would attend unto his cry. Come, find out why I'm crying. Give me relief from my cry. We woke up last night. Part of the reason, I guess, the podcast is probably a little bit late today, but we woke up last night, and one of our children was was bellowing bloody murder, and we're staying at somebody else's home, and we didn't want to disturb the whole house, so we wipe the sawdust out of our eyes and, and, and wipe the gunk off of our faces and go crawl in to find out what's going on. And and I asked this child, I said, what's wrong? I don't know. I said, why are you yelling? I don't know. Drank a water, pat on the back, laid him back down. He was good to go. There's so much more. How much is that with us sometimes? Sometimes we just don't know why. We're just crying. We cry out to God. Well, the son knew why he was crying. He was in the the sorrows of death, it was the sorrows of hell. He cried unto the Father. The Father attended to him, came to where he was. And I'll be honest with you, he gave him a drink of cold water. He refreshed him, he refreshed him in his bowels. And that's what the Lord will do for you. If you'll cry unto him, he'll attend to you. He'll come to where you are, meet you on your turf. He'll come to exactly where you are and attend unto your needs. But we got to cry out. We need help. We need mercy. We need God to come to us. He said, attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors. Now, I'll go back to David. We understand Jesus Christ, how low he was, but we'll go back to David. How low was David? He's in the land of the Philistines. He's in Gath, feigning himself to be mad, scrabbling with the spittle run down upon his beard. He was brought very low. Next time we see him, and he's in this cave penning down this psalm. He's telling you how low he was. He's telling you how his spirit was defeated. He's telling you how sorrowful he was and how hurt he was, and he needed to cry, and he needed attendance. And so he was brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. And so often, that's the reason that we're overwhelmed. Our persecutors are so much stronger. That wicked one, and I don't want to give any kind of place to him. I don't want to give any credit to him. But that wicked one can bring us really low. That wicked one can come and defile us. That wicked one can come and destroy us. Bring my soul out of prison, verse 7. Again, Jesus Christ, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. And so again in verse 7, bring out my bring my soul out of prison. Why? He's in prison. He's in captivity. He's in the pit. All of those things, we see that in Scripture, that I may praise thy name. Where is David in prison? He's in the cave. So again, we see the sufferings of David. We see that God uses him to prophesy, uses him to speak through those sufferings. But yet in all of that, he sees Jesus Christ. And I believe that's the way God works with us. Sometimes if we're willing to suffer with him, we'll reign with him. He told us that. And sometimes I think if we'd be willing to suffer with him, he could do great and mighty things for us in revealing himself to us. But we're in a day when men don't want to suffer. Rather than suffer, they go pop pills. Rather than suffer, they go uh, get counseling. Rather than suffer, they just take a big vacation somewhere. Rather than suffer, but yet Moses chose to suffer. He wouldn't uh, have those pleasures of sin down in Egypt land. He chose to suffer the affliction of God. He chose to suffer with God's people. So it would have to be with us today. We ought to be willing to suffer with him. And if you do suffer with him, you will reign with him. So again, we see David suffering. We see that he praised the name of God. He said, the righteous shall compass me about. We've talked about that compassing so many times on this podcast, the sorrows of hell, the sorrows of death, the bulls of Bashan, the dogs have compassed him about. His archers compassed him about. We see that so Many places, the sorrows of hell. Oh, my goodness, the awfulness of the sorrows of hell compassing him about. But this is the place we see the righteous compass him about. Why is that? He's about to be delivered. He's uh, brought into that large place. Uh, he's delivered. God has delivered him from the prison. God has put him in a large place. He's preaching to the prisoner, and he says, "For thou shalt deal bountifully with me." What a glorious thing. What a marvelous thing we see that in the light of prophecy of Jesus Christ, how the Lord did deal bountifully with him in the resurrection, how the Lord dealt bountifully with him, how the Lord will deal bountifully with you when God will deliver you from your calamity. Three aspects to this psalm. Each one of them, I believe you could preach independently, the application of psalm to us. And the overwhelming of our soul, the application of the psalm to David as he was in the cave and cried unto the Lord when he was overwhelmed, but then also on the cross of Calvary when Jesus Christ is being made an offering for sin and how his spirit was also overwhelmed. I believe all three applications apply. It's one of those psalms that's so clear to me. You can use that today, you can use that yesterday, you can use that in David, you can use that in Christ, why? Because the sufferings of Christ, that's why. Because Jesus Christ suffered for us, and then he died for us, and then he resurrected for us according to the Scriptures. Would you have a great day in Christ? There is a lost soul who's tired of the sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy